the OTB Podcast Network. Bad pod. Well, this is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast or Midlife Crisis? Howdy Daddy. Mm. Midlife Crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. And we're live. You're very welcome along to this week's episode. I say this week's episode, but this year's episode of Dadcast. All the dads are here. David's here. Hi, lads. Nathan is here. How's it going? Adrian is here. Hello. Uh, Dave, this was this was your doing. We had we thought we'd retired, but you got the band back together for one last caper. So obviously somebody's about to die. That, that's my do we start crying now or when do we start crying? <laughs> that's my well, concern. Terrible trauma we've been through for the last three or four months. Well, I didn't say I never said in my message to the three of you that it was for one last caper. Oh, this is the start of something. The well, greatest hits tour. I don't know. We really I, make the money. Again, as is very often the case, this is. Uh, we're in the midst of the kernels of a discussion that probably should be had. <laughs> Why change the habit of a lifetime? But look, we've started, so we'll finish. I look. It's um. It's maybe maybe down to listener demand, viewer demand, but I don't see a reason why this should be the the first and last episode of the Dadcast of 2021. Uh, I don't see why it should be the first and last episode either. I think that there's been enough, there's been at least three people getting in touch with us to say, it's about time you did a new one. And that to me is like, um, you know, a good sign. It that is a good sign. And and I, I did, I think I contacted you maybe a week ago. And it was on the back of me and reading a bit on Twitter and speaking to people in person about how much they were struggling. And if an ad cast here or there makes someone's life even one-tenth of a percent easier than it has been over the last few weeks, well, then it's probably worth doing because I think this lockdown in particular has been harder on the vast majority of people than it has in the previous two waves. Certainly, I find that personally. Now, my circumstances changed dramatically in and around the uh, the third lockdown, but so it didn't make it any easier, but I don't know what it was like for you three. What do you mean, your circumstances? Well, we moved house. We moved house in early December. We sold our house. We didn't get the keys to our new house until the first week in February. Oh. So we, we had nowhere to be for two months. And thankfully, our in, my wife's parents, who we will be forever in debt to, took us in for two months. But it was very crowded. And I developed a whole new respect and sympathy for those who live in that sort of accommodation on a permanent basis where there's always somebody wherever you are whatever room you're in bar maybe the bathroom there is um there's always at least one other person in the room there's a queue to use the cooker there's doors opening and closing all day all night there's almost a rotor for the shower there's also when you and you it's far easier to listen to and tolerate your children beating the lard out of each other when it's just you and your children <laughs> very much more difficult to listen to and tolerate it when you know you're seriously impinging on the mood and the lifestyle and the welfare of at least three or four other adults in the house. Well, also, they are looking at you. So firstly, they're annoyed because of the constant noise. (laughs) And then if Angry Dave comes out, they're looking at Angry Dave and going... Is he always like this? Is this this the way he carries on around the children getting angry and shouting and roaring and trying to keep them quiet and suddenly there's questions been asked? This is not the day we know. Oh no, hang on. (laughs) But you see, that is the thing though. Certainly, I would say half of the skirmishes that occur in my house dissipate themselves by being left alone. 
eventually the two of them will just leave what they're at and stop fighting. And that's a far better way to resolve it than me powering into the room like a drunken rhino fuming because of what's going on. But when you're in somebody else's house, you feel the need to try and extinguish the flame immediately. And do you think you like you feel the need as well to demonstrate your parenting qualities? Like, you know, the people are judging you because your your kids are beating the shit out of each other, and this has never never happened in any other family previously. Well, no, really, because it's you're you're displaying a reduction in the overall quality of your parenting, <laughs> probably by the manner in which you're trying to end the fight or the skirmish there and then, as opposed to in our own place. You can put them into separate rooms for a start. You can send them to their own room for a start. They didn't have a room. They were sleeping on the floor for two months. So it was, um, I don't know how my parents-in-law put up with us. I mean, they're absolute saints. We'll never never be able to repay them for what they did for us over the last eight, eight weeks or so, but somehow everybody got through it. And in the end, I think we look back on it with a certain amount of fondness because we were in level five lockdown and, you know, there was there's grandchildren all over the country that haven't seen their grandparents for a long time. And my two boys got to spend every day with their grandparents. So that was a real perk of it as well. But um, once we got our own space again, it was it's it's been a game changer, thankfully. Uh, do you get given out to for your parenting by in particular your wife? Um, well, you know, people in glass houses, Jerry. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking here. Well, so I don't, we're, I don't, I, she's no in no position to. <clears throat> oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Is that, 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 that feels like it's on a level with Adrian Barry's storing comments. Yes. Start that up, Nathan. Start no, up. I'm, your suggestion is, is implying that she is either a better parent than I or considers herself to be a better parent than I. And I'm not sure either of those is true. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I thought you were going to dig yourself out there, wow. but you've actually dug wow. yourself down. <laughs> wow. We'd both so you, you're, the... you've effectively said you're a better parent than your wife's there. No, no. I was about to say we'd be both at the same level. <laughs> you came on this kind of getting out about how bad you were. A drunken rhino, I believe you referred to yourself as. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it's like, and it's probably, it would have been similar for you guys. If you're in your, Jerry, you're in your in-law's house and two of your three children start like kicking off. It's it's a far more difficult situation than it is when it happens in your own house where there's well, space, there's time yeah. and room to breathe, and there isn't somebody else getting incredibly annoyed by the carry-on of your children. I think something that's been a bit of a game-changer in the last uh, couple of days by the time this gets out has been the fact that the weather is good again, and it was dry enough at the weekend for them to get out and use the trampoline for the first time in months and months and months, and they've taken to even after dinner, asking to go back out, they put on all their uh, wet gear and stuff. But they've also taken at that stage, and we're talking like half seven here, to howling and screeching at the absolute top of their voice. And I, I mean, you all have uh, kids who are between the ages of five and nine, and when they howl and screech, it has a particular glass shattering capabilities that I don't know, normal human beings don't seem to have. It doesn't register. So. I did find myself opening the door, shouting at the top of my voice, shut up! And like, that was the bit where I got given out to. I was like, the whole neighborhood is listening to you. Like, do they, do they want to listen to them? Or are they going to get out about me? What is it? I don't, you know, maybe my wife is correct, that actually the right thing to do is to, I mean, I've tried whispering. I've tried to see if that would work, but it doesn't work. So I don't know. 
But the shouting probably doesn't work either, does it? Oh, no, no. I mean, the, the thing is that this actually, I, they were, we were in um, St. Anne's Park the other day and uh, they got into the river. There's like a little stream there where you can actually get into the river. And the youngest was getting to the point where the river was clearly going to get over the top of his welly, at which point he was going to be completely soaked. And maybe, you know, off balance and off he goes down into the storm drain and that's the end of him. Who knows? And I was like, oh, again, I got given out to. I was like, what you were doing the same thing? Yeah, but I don't have a big booming voice. I'm like, you know, so so this is now, why you asked me if my wife gives yes, out to my parenting yes, life. So let's see yes. now I now I see where we're going. So you what you walked me into that trapdoor. I mean I, I actually didn't. When you were <laughs> people in glass houses, I meant, you yeah, know, I I was literally about to tell you that the, the inspiration for this was myself. And do you but, ever um, give out to your wife about her parenting? No. Why would you do that? Uh, this is I uh, exactly. Exactly the point. Because I, I, I also am on the receiving end of criticism from time to time of you know, you're too harsh. Too harsh on them. I'm like, well, some somebody's got to do it. You yeah. know? Yeah. Oh but why God. does that mean I've got to be the bad cop and you're going to be the good cop? Uh, we've had that conversation a million times. You are way too hard on them. Why do you have to talk to them like that? Give them a little bit of slack. They're tired. This has been tough on them too, you know? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Give me that bottle of wine. Who do you think this is? Come on. Oh, my God. There is, now, in fairness, as you get through that conversation a bit more and you're like, well, listen, you, know, you expect too much from them. I'm like, well, he's nine. He should be able to do all these things. It's like, oh, wait a second. He's nine. Maybe I am expecting a little bit too much out of them in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. I don't know how to remind yourself of that. That's the problem. We are, well, right back then to the very start, I think, of the dad cast of... We have to trust that while we have 10 minutes afterwards where we're going, damn, why to do that? That somehow it's just all gone out of their head. No, I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm subscribing no. less to that now. It's more like <laughs> lockdown goes on and they're like exposed to this stuff all the time. I'm definitely finding that like they're repeating, particularly the older lad is repeating stuff back or doing stuff back. So we've had to tell him, tell him that this is not a thing he can do anymore. <laughs> and uh, obviously did not pick that one up from the street. So um, the old finger as in like you've been warned uh, feature. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know what the longer it goes on, the more I would less subscribe to the idea that this whole thing isn't incredibly damage, damaging to them, even outside of the like lack of social content and all the obvious stuff, uh, overexposure to me. Um, I'm not sure is the going to be the greatest development. Not good for anybody. The kids' lives. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's definitely the biggest uh, change I've had during lockdown three compared to lockdown one is that, you can all spend too much time together. Your kids need to get away from you. They need to be in school for five, six hours where they can be themselves as much as anything else, <laughs> where they can let off a bit of steam where they don't, I don't know, even like I find one of ours is that sort of, I want house devil, school angel, even though he's not the devil at home at all. He's perfectly fine, but he's at home. He's what they're trying to do their homeschooling. It's, you know, can't sit down for two seconds constantly running around constantly distracted yet you talk to his teacher when he's at school it's like oh he's like the oldest in his class he sits there all day doesn't say a word gets his work done the most mature little boy you would ever meet i'm like really why can't he be that guy when he's at home why can't he be that guy when he's at home well we found our four-year-old is has gone the opposite way certainly in the last month he, he's asking us to play with them all the time so whatever it is if you're trying to get the dinner ready or you're trying to homeschool the other the older child or you're whatever it is you have to get done a little bit of work he'll come over to you and say daddy will you play with me and he would have done it a little when he would have been in montessori and creche 
and with his cousins a lot, but nowhere to the extent that we're doing at the moment. And I remember I said to you when a friend of mine passed away last year that I one thing I swore I would never, ever do again is say no when he asked me to play with him. And for the most part, I've kept to that. I do drag myself away from whatever it is, even if it feels terribly inconvenient and sit down on the floor with him and play. But he's definitely regressed in that way he's he's not as content with his own company or just the company of his big brother as he would have been but there was one we had one moment there about a month ago where he came up to me and he beckoned me down he said i want to whisper something and he whispers in my ear daddy without you i would have nothing right <laughs> and i thought oh my god you were just an angel i just nearly started to cry that's the most amazing thing anyone has ever said to me then it starts to lose its punch when it's said to you on a daily basis <laughs> And then about a week later, I just said, where did you get that? Ah, uh, some, someone said it at the end of the Monster Inc. movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably got a reward for saying it. <laughs> oh, my God. I was a stomach punch. I was like, you little pup. Did you even mean it one of those times? Did you even mean it the first time? They'll probably say not, Dave. That's... that's the daily supply of jellies has been, uh, has been cut <laughs> off, I presume. I'll always hold on to that first time when it, yeah. it meant something. I mean, it happened. It's a real thing that actually happened. And, uh, you know, at his wedding speech, you can give it and tell everybody that the rest of the rest of life has been crushing disappointment until this moment <laughs> where you get to give him away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, he's grand. He's And look, there, it looks like Montessori is going to be back in what, the week after next. So we'll have got through another long period of just the four of us in the house. How is everybody about sending the kids back to the safe environments of the school? Happy days, everybody. Off you go, mingling with those if other we families. Had, if we had 150,000 cases a day and the schools reopened, I'd be sending them in. <laughs> <laughs> What's your, you're, you're doing a lot of parenting at the minute, Dave. Is that what you're saying? Do you feel it? good about it, though? Do I feel good about them going back? Yeah, well, like, actually, the, the bit that they're all, it's, you know... I'm sure. I'm sure it wasn't the reason why the figures all exploded before Christmas. That was to do with people our age going out drinking. Yeah, I'm sure. No, and I know there 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 were very few cases that were related directly related to the school and the classroom environment. I do feel good about it because it's so necessary. Like I'm, I have had enough of homeschooling. Although I definitely feel, certainly from my fellow's point of view, that the the constant one to one tutoring has definitely helped. Um, particularly when it comes to learning to read and learning to write. And um, he is a, he's a world away from where he was two months ago. I'm not sure he would have, he would have been able to get that level of progress if he was in the classroom with 25 of other children. Your wife's obviously doing the teaching then, is she? (laughs) It's been me every day, every single day, five days a week. We got into a bit of a routine and a bit of a kind of a, uh, we built a little bit of a relationship together. So I just said, even on the one day of the week where my wife can do it, I said, no, just leave it. It's fine. I'll, we'll just crack on. Is there been, um, like on a practical level for the older kids amongst you there, have you been, like, have you just been outsourcing all that stuff or has there been any element of, oh shit, I have to like remind myself what Pythagoras theorem is? I have definitely outsourced the vast majority of it. Uh, now my wife is job sharing, so she kind of has a week off week on and the week she's on is a bit chaotic but she can do some of her work in the evening and she is a teacher so it makes uh, after that. well even teacher. the whole uh, the whole so when i end up having to do uh, a couple of hours here and there it's i'm like 
you have all of this so well organized, I can't figure out where anything is. And how do I upload something to see so where she can just do it all in a flash. So um, like she's fully qualified at, at this. So I think it's in the best interest I find of our children that she take the lead. But um, yeah, we've, what, nine and seven. So the eldest lad, it's it's been totally different from the first lockdown. Like the school have been incredible in what they've put on, like a couple of Zoom classes every day for the eldest lad. Like they're busy. Like they're from sort of night. On days when the weather's nice, you're kind of going, they're too busy. Like from nine o'clock to one o'clock, they are working. They're sitting at the table. They're getting their stuff done. So it's not really as optional, I don't think. But I've heard from other people in different schools, it's like very mixed. And again, every teacher's setup is different. Like if you're a teacher and you're at home working full time, you've got three kids of your own who you've got to be minding and trying to teach class. It's pretty much impossible. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I've got to hold my hands up and say that my wife is very much front and center in the education of our children. I'm more the vibes guy. You know, I cruise in every so often, get a cup of coffee and make sure everyone's feeling good. Right. Did not say a few minutes ago you were the guy that gave out shit to them all the time. <laughs> I try not. I try not to. Guys, that's 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 in the two hours I have to do. Where it's just anger. <laughs> that's when the camera's on on the Zoom calls. You can't be getting angry on those either. Yeah, exactly. Well, the constant. Oh, that camera turned on there. What am I doing here in the background? <laughs> Scratching your balls. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> He's got very itchy balls, that man. Scratching. <laughs> scratching. <Always> scratching. <laughs> I'm not a scratching. Uh, God. Jeez, I'd say teachers have seen some things over the last few months. <laughs> Most people are trying to put the, uh, the I don't know, is it not cameras off for those or are they all cameras on? I don't know. No, the cameras, cameras, cameras on. on. We've one every right. day. It's great. Um, and it's been great for him to be able to see his classmates. And I think the class is divided either into two or three. And then after the first six weeks, they rejigged the numbers so that he got to see the other half of his class. And so at least they are in strange faces when he's going back now. And on Monday, he'll have seen them every day for the last couple of months. And I mean, his teacher in particular has worked incredibly hard. We've, we've been delighted with the amount of stuff that has been sent through, but trying to maintain it for more than an hour and a half, two hours is like, he's only six. So, that, I mean, you do. What's have, that, Dave? Senior infants, is it? Yeah. So there's, um, we would do a lot of extra stuff. I kind of just felt that once we got into the thick of it in December, that, or in first week in January, that he just wasn't as far on in reading in particular that I thought he might have been. So he's, he's, I don't know whether he believes me when I say that this is all part of what everybody else is in the class is doing or whether he's seen through it at this stage and is just humoring me because a lot of it is extra stuff. But I'll hold on to his attention for as long as I can, and then he's done for the afternoon, which isn't too bad. And what happens then? Well, you have to try and give some attention to the other guy, because I feel sorry for him as well, because he, it's very hard to, to uh, teach one child when the other kid is in looking for attention and is climbing up on top of the table and looking for smoothies and breakfast bars and cereal and bananas and needs his posterior wiped and wants the TV channel changed and... It's it, you. You need a little bit of rhythm. You need to get into the flow of things, and it's very difficult when you're trying to look after the the younger guy as well. And I've definitely like banished him from the room a couple of times, and then you feel really bad about that because it's not his fault. He doesn't have work to do. Um, but in saying that, if I had to do it with two kids, I think I'd have lost my sanity weeks ago. I don't know how parents. And my work away it is as well. I can do my work at night or early in the morning. I don't know how parents where both partners are working full time and they maybe have three or four children of school going age. 
Like, how have they managed to cope? Well, like I said, we <clears throat> don't have that, but we've two parents working full time and two kids at home without a child minor for the last five or six weeks. And like, you'd be at breaking point. Like, there's no no point in saying anything anything different. Like, it's uh, it's horrific. Like, and we don't have to have that level of schooling that you're talking about. Like, the eldest child is only four, so there's. The Montessori sent through great stuff as well, like little bits of exercises and stuff that they can spend time doing, cutting shapes and colouring and painting and like learning about dinosaurs or the Antarctic or whatever it might be. And that's been great. But like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oof. It's uh, like seven o'clock in the morning uh, to sort of midnight. and Like there is no time to be scratching your balls at any point <laughs> during that day. And it's just, it does catch up with you. Like, there's no, there's definitely no getting away from it. And, and like like you said, Dave, there's people that are in far worse. I have absolutely no question about that, that people in far worse scenarios with, in terms of education, that sort of stuff. Um, but bloody hell. Yeah, total head map. Last six weeks. Have you been in a position, I was definitely in this first two weeks in January, you'd wake up at 7, 7.30 and you, you can't see how you're going to get through the day. You're thinking to yourself, I have to get through to 7.30 p.m. Yeah. How am I going to do that? And it's terrible because you're just wishing your life away. And like, who knows when, when, when things are going to change dramatically for any of us. And it, there's a real sense of dread that just gets into you mentally and physically when you have a 12-hour day in front of you and you wonder how you're going to get through it. That's really, really shit. And that's definitely going to be, the fallout of that is going to be something that we'll only be cognizant of, cognizant of in months and years to come. The mental health of adults in particular, we've, we talk an awful lot about the mental health of children not being able to see their friends and play sports and go to school. But the amount of adults out there that are struggling now that weren't between March and July and maybe between October and December. I, I, I would say that there's no question about it. Like the str my stress levels over the last six weeks have been off the charts. Like the trying to juggle all that stuff, trying to juggle between myself and my wife, like what, how our day shapes up, who gets what hours. Um, and like you say, sorry, you wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and for that first 15 minutes, your, your mind is just focused on when can I, what's the earliest I can possibly go back to bed, like go back to bed. There's no... Uh, amount of sleep that you can get can make up for the tiredness like and even if you were going to bed at 12 o'clock <laughs> if you could manage that and have to get up at 7 you're just still in a, in a constant state of knackeredness because there's no point in the day uh, where you can spend staring at the wall like it's it's vital time to do whatever your version of staring at the wall is and there's just no opportunity to do that and like the 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 thing that really probably gets at me most is like the you know that you know the time right where you're about to jump on your most important call of the day or your meeting of the day, whatever it might be, and the I don't know the one of them decides that's the moment to punch the other one in the face or to <laughs> like pull their pants down and do a dump on the floor or like just that moment of they they must know there must be some sort of an inbuilt instinct that this is the moment I'm going to do the thing that's going to piss them off the most and you rise to the bait and you go fucking bit berserk over it. And you just totally let yourself down, and it's uh, like you—you you can't explain back to them. Oh, here, by the way, like I'm flat out here. <laughs> I'm flat to the mat, and uh, and my stress levels are through the roof. And so I'm sorry for you. I, I there was several times where I sat down and said, "Listen, I shouldn't have re reacted like that." Um, but it's not—it's not. It is not pretty. Like it's miserable. 
How many of you have taken a trip to the supermarket to pick up one or two bits of pieces and arrive back two hours later? <laughs> I stopped going to the supermarket. I've gone to, uh, which I, while I do miss the uh, hour and a half because <laughs> the supermarket's so busy. Oh, you wouldn't believe the queue that was outside. <laughs> Not a masking uh, site. Don't go. While, while, I, uh, while I do miss that, we've uh, started going with the old click and collect so to avoid the uh, supermarket. So, But that can take a long time too. They just won't come out quick enough. It's nightmarish. <laughs> That's the problem, though, isn't it? That And I'm staring down the barrel of what you're going through now in the next couple of weeks. It'll be short term, I expect, when my wife are presumably going back to work probably Monday and we'll have one of the kids back in school, but the other one is still going to be at home for yeah. another two weeks and we'll have the two-year-old still at home as well. Uh, now, obviously, none of this has been decided, so like my wife doesn't even understand how she can teach half her kids who are in school and half her kids who are at home because she's split between two different classes. So, But it's the even doing what I'm doing, which is working kids in house and trying to help out where I can during the day. When it gets to Friday night, there's no release valve anymore. There's no, no. like it's the release again. valve is, yeah. Yay. Oh, like, and particularly, yeah, again. Sounded around scratching your balls on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And Jesus, <laughs> like the good weather was the last couple of days made you realize again what a difference it makes. But like, our weekends were busy with soccer, GEA, you name it, like, too busy at one stage it felt like whereas now that's the bit I think they miss the most of mm. what are we doing on Saturday and Sunday oh we're going to walk in the park again and by the way if you can hear anybody when we're walking around that park god damn it I'm going to be shouting at you to get out of the way the whole do way not, do not Move. play with other children yeah. do not touch anything do not take your gloves off but it's 15 degrees don't care don't care don't pick anything off the ground don't loiter don't touch your face and they're going why are we even leaving the house if, like, if we're not actually allowed to do anything not much crack is it Great fun, great fun. Jerry, we've, I tell you, we've had a lot of correspondence, have we? We've had some, all right, yeah, I can get to it now. Uh, right, here we go. Uh, a varied range here. Hi, guys, I know it's been a while since any of you were first-time dads, but I'm wondering how soon after learning of the pregnancy you really started preparing for life with a baby and how you figured out what you needed and didn't need. Also, in hindsight, maybe you can say now what you absolutely wasted money on and never needed sling actually even before thinking about things like that how on earth did you decide what kind of maternity care to go for in terms of the various public options consultant led midwife led community midwife domino semi-private private i'm now five weeks pregnant after ivf and find myself in a mild panic already thinking of all the decisions ahead of me particularly as i'm doing this solo having used a donor so i guess i'm trying to get a handle on things and would appreciate any advice you guys might have I realize it might seem a little odd to you that I'm such a big fan of the dad cast, given that I've made the decision to bring a child into the world without a father, but this was certainly not plan A, believe me. Listening to you for makes me hyper aware of what my child will be missing. I don't know how you all feel about the idea of single mothers by choice, not the catchiest, is it? But I know my own brother was a little disapproving. I do love listening to you guys, though, and perhaps I'm hoping that it might help me learn how to fill both parenting roles or make me aware of the gaps I need to fill anyway. Definitely appreciate the more regular episodes lately. So keep them coming. And thanks for many hours of entertainment and enjoyment. Uh, Jenny, feel free to use my name. So um, This is like text from the future. <laughs> I appreciate all the episodes recently. Well, it was obviously <laughs> uh, December. So um, hopefully Jenny is now a good bit much more on and probably uh, has... That's some real uh, advice. <laughs> yeah, from, from people who were supposed to be there. Uh, a tut-tutting brother in this instance, he can go and shite. Oh, That's the first thing. Off. You've, got, off, you've yeah. got no place in this situation. Firstly, yeah. uh, absolutely. Congratulations. Congratulations. Nobody asked you. This woman. Be a good uncle. 
It yeah. sounds like she's been through the ringer and what is about to happen to her is probably something she's been dreaming of for a long time. So that is just amazing, amazing news. Hopefully by the time the little chisel arrives, we'll be out of lockdown and this child will be born into not a quite a COVID free world, but let's hope it's a lockdown free world at the very least. So um, that, so that, for that part, it's amazing. Where do you want us to start on the list of very relevant well, questions? Very quickly, how do you decide what kind of maternity care to go for? Uh, our story was we went uh, public with a midwife at the start. That was a disaster. It didn't work for us at all. Uh, and because that was so bad and because our experience was so bad, we went private after that. And ultimately that ended up being great. So uh, second experience was okay. Third experience was phenomenal. Um, just... Uh, like I, that's not universal. Loads of people have really good experiences, uh, and we we would have gone public and we wanted to, but um, just the first one was so horrific that we couldn't not go private after that. We um, we actually found ourselves under the care of somebody in the aftermath of the first one because things were so bad, and then she took us through the next two. Although she wasn't there, she wasn't working unfortunately for the second one who came early. I was at the PPIs and got pissed and came back. <laughs> I do remember the uh, consultant on call that night did not wash his hands and did not take kindly to me pointing that out. So it was like the smell uh, of booze on your bed. I, I mean, <laughs> the least you could do. <laughs> <laughs> your man is looking at you going, you're taking issue with me right now. Yes, about <laughs> yes I was. I was. I, I remember that. That was the look. I mean, that's the only thing. There's a question. Um, there's a question from another dad wondering. It's his first. We have that here. I'll do this one here as well. So quickly, lads, welcome back. Not a minute too soon. My first, a boy is due in six weeks and we've just packed the bag. So we're ready to rock in case she goes early. I still have a great many questions for you wise gents, but I think most pressing is what is labor like for the dad and what should he be doing during it? I'm a bit worried about getting in the way and not looking forward to seeing the wifey in distress. If it makes a difference, we're in the coom and going public. Any advice, Dave? Um, no, no, no. You're, you're, the, you're your wife's advocate. You're the one who's got to fight for Squeaky wheel gets the oil. All that shit is true. So, um, Jenny, yeah. bring somebody with you if you can who is going to be squeaky wheel and who ideally would have been through it. Probably better to have a woman yeah, in there. Who's... You would hope that she has a mother or a sister or a best friend or an auntie or get someone. The brother, get the brother, get the brother jammed up, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. up to speed. As regards the role that the husband, partner, whatever the situation may be, plays in the birthing process, that is in the lap of the gods. You may end up playing absolutely no role at all because it's all taken out of your hands if something goes wrong. You may play absolutely no role at all because it goes so smoothly that the doctor just says, stand aside, this is going incredibly well. Or <laughs> you may have to... Sorry? One of you was wrestling, right? Weren't you? One of you had to... <laughs> I was full, <laughs> down and dirty. No holds barred. This was not in my playbook. Get stuck in. We need you here. Um, I'll never forget it for as long as I <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> we need you here. <laughs> Hold the leg. This is not. This is not how I expected my life to go. Yeah, we need exactly. You here. By my plan, my birthing plan. <laughs> Had you birthing. nowhere near the, the crazy. <laughs> my birthing plan was for the baby number one was to stand at the top of the table and wish her whisper sweet nothings into my wife's ear and hold her hand. A map and on it, Dave. Will, Dave will be here. Uh, I I think that is the role that every partner envisages that they, should, they will be playing. 
And Can Song got to play that role. And I did get to play that role the second time because he arrived like a slippery fish. We could barely get the thing, barely get <laughs> my wife in there before he decided he was coming. <laughs> what was that sound effect, Jer? <laughs> <laughs> but the first one, yeah. So, I mean, to our listener there, it's in the lap of the gods. It could go anyway. And you just have to be ready to roll with the punches depending on what's asked of you. We had um, C-section first time around. And so, yeah, you go in and you literally sort of, you see nothing chatting away to the consultant about all sorts and as I've gone into detail before about, but it gives you like a very different experience than the second time was, uh, I mean, people called him a natural birth. I think that's like really, I think it's a bullshit expression to be honest with you. Like vaginal birth is obviously the correct terminology here. So let's roll with that. And, but I wasn't given, obviously what I got on before, obviously I wasn't in slides bit prepared. And uh, despite obviously having an awareness of my wife's general anatomy, <laughs> I was not prepared for being uh, for being so close to the uh, close to the. Well, in fairness, it wasn't in its natural state. <laughs> no, but like you know, when you watch Hollywood movies, right? You know, the, the, the father, the father, the father is up here. Okay, he's up here. And, and then, like half a football pitch away, the baby's born, and that's everybody's fine. But like literally like standing in no great proximity at all was like, and you know, they're like, ah, oh, you know, you don't need to be looking at this or don't look at that. But obviously when somebody says that to you, all you can do is go, all right, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my experience. And, I, and, and we like, um, we went private both times and it came with an interesting uh, add-on that we hadn't expected to begin with in that uh, uh, Mike Scott of the Waterboys ended up, his partner ended up having a baby the same night and he ended up serenading his new baby in the room next door. It was unbelievable. Like an unpaid for extra that like, I don't know if that comes generally when you go private, but it was, it was incredible. There's never been a more South Dublin comment in the history of any <laughs> podcast. Go private. You know, the water boy get, serenading Mike, the water in the next door. It might not always the, be Mike Scott, but it'll be one the of the water Like boys. you go public, who are you going to get? God knows. <laughs> Uh, we went we went public every time. The second time we had that um, domino scheme, which if you live near the hospital, you don't the midwife will come to you for the pre and post, so you still have the child in the hospital. But uh, it's not a home birth, but that all your appointments are separate from the hospital, and then you've got your home within. I think with Charlie, we were home within like four, three hours of the child being born. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so. Uh, the reason we ended up going public actually was, I think the reason we didn't do the domino the next time was that my wife didn't really fancy being in a room by herself actually after having the baby. And I think after the second felt being home within three hours, maybe wasn't the best thing This suddenly there's people around, there's busyness. There was another child already there who's like, Oh, mommy's just come back from hospital with a new baby. I'm not going to let her sleep for the next two days or <laughs> relax and get to know this baby. I'm going to jump all over for the next uh, 48 hours. So for a more calm experience, but uh, definitely in the domino scheme, if you can do it, is well worth doing. Just in the amount of time it saves you beforehand and not having hospital appointments and uh, all of that. And we had no problems uh, with any of them. Uh, so obviously everyone's experience is different. And likewise, I think a couple of them, I was just by and large up top with my uh, hand being squeezed to death. And, I didn't uh, know what was happening there, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, there was a couple where there was a, you grab hold of that leg and don't let go. I was like, okay. <laughs> you being up top of kind of 
the problem that led you to this situation in the first place. And the thing I'd say is be prepared for anything because I remember with our first child, uh, I remember uh, very vividly, it was a Sunday night, it was 10 o'clock and we all know what happened Sunday night, 10 o'clock, the golf is coming to an end. And uh, I remember because Dave McIntyre was involved, uh, we had both backed, Dave, I think I remember, Mark Wilson to win the Humana Challenge at 40 to 1. So my wife goes into labour at about half nine and the golf is going to be finished at about 11. And we don't live that far at the time from Hollis Street. So they say don't come in till it's pretty close. Until but the golf like, is over. They're like, you know, 60, what was it like? I can't, it's funny how you forget about everything once it's happened. Was it two minutes between contractions or something? And I'm like, she's like, is that two minutes? I'm like, he's going down the 18. I think that's two minutes, 20. I'd say we give it a couple more here. We'll just see what happens. And then Mark Wilson wins at 40 to one. What a glorious night. And then my first child is born just hours later. That's- Day of your life. <laughs> best day there has ever been. One of the best days of my life, and I hadn't had a child born that day. <laughs> um, we went to Domino's soon... for both of ours, Jer, and I right. know Jenny in our email referenced that. It worked out incredibly well on both occasions. So if that is an option for her, she should definitely consider it. Would that have been in the Rotunda? Yeah. Uh, how soon after you figured out, did you, sorry, when you got pregnant, did you uh, figure out what you needed and what you didn't? Did you waste any money? Yeah, we got one of those expensive slings, complete waste of money, like loads of those buggy stuff. You know, you need your travel thing if you're going to be bringing them anywhere in the car. But like, I don't know, you're not allowed to take that from anybody else because it might have been in an accident. But if you know somebody who hasn't been in an accident, like we just gave one of ours away recently and uh, they're mega expensive. If you can't get that second hand and it's from somebody you trust and it hasn't been in an accident, go for it. Take every second hand piece of crap you can oh, get. Yeah. Yeah. anything that's offered you can always throw it out yourself if you find that it's not for you aside from car seat bottles obviously some clothes for the baby changing station and buggy is there anything else that you kind of need to be starting to consider early doors some clothes no, did, that, like the clothes they actually come home in they're very specific but other than that yeah yeah, I think the slings is definitely a, a bit of a racket. You That's can get one that, that you don't need. You can definitely get some that work for you, but I got one of those. Uh, again, it probably costs about 150 quid. And yeah. right. it's that beautiful thing you want as a father where your child is going to sit in front of you. I'd say I used this. I'd say there were two occasions where it was appropriate uh, to use it and where the child didn't look like it's, you know, people are looking at you going, you realize you're <laughs> naked like that for the last half an hour. And I haven't even noticed. Yeah, but I'm having a pint on the other belt. It's nice to get on the baby's head. Uh, the Anything I think, and maybe other people have different experiences, anything that puts an alarm on your child's bed, like that is a level of stress you're bringing upon yourself that you just don't need. You know, so oh, if, the child, if the child stops moving, Oh, no, 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 no. Oh my so God. we that. somehow ended up with one of them at one stage and the alarm went off, but I think the sensor had just gone a bit wonky. But like, this is not what you need at three o'clock in the morning. Oh. <laughs> the problem is, though, is not supposed to be moving. We were, the problem is if you, if somebody mentions one of those to you and you choose not to get it, I always worried that if something happened, uh, I would I would bring carry that guilt around with me for the rest of my life, because it had been suggested to me that this would be a valuable piece of kit. I chose not to get it, and now look what's happened. Now we got it and never used it. What was it? One of those alarms that you put in the baby's oh. cot, um, I, yeah. or the one we got maybe gets attached to its nappy. So you know, if its tummy stops moving up and down and breathing, the breathing process. It, an alarm goes off. We never actually use it. So I would have been in that situation had, had, the, had something terrible happened where I would have been 
carrying that guilt around for God knows when. But again, that's not so. That is not high on the list of priorities. Get get some close order. Get your pick out or your buggy. Um, figure out where the kid's going to sleep. So is it in a basket next to the bed? Are you getting a rocking chair? Are you getting a a cot early doors? What what is it that you're doing? But those five, four or five items aside, just enjoy the prospect of what's about to happen and enjoy the rest of your freedom over the next eight and a half months. I've got one. So, uh, and now I'm sure my wife would disagree, but a Moses basket, like they are in the Moses basket for about a bloody week. Um, I think I, I we use our no? basket for a while actually. Yeah. Important that like are they? No, we got one of those co-sleeper things at one stage. Am I thinking oh. the Moses basket or am I thinking something else? So it's definitely one of them we bought. Co-sleeper is the older. I don't know what the co-sleeper is, but take that Moses bit basket, out. Bad advice. Take that right size. <laughs> there's no um, edit allowed because it takes too much time. Um, I mean, there's obviously no guarantee this is ever going to see the light of day because it has to be <laughs> uploaded by somebody. Oh shit! I haven't pressed record. Hey, <laughs> first time that's happened. Um. Was there the the other thing you definitely need is the uh, microwavable um, sterilizer? Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that is worthwhile. Buy That's that. Thing. We got um we debated a lot over the first time. We just had the the monitor, the audio monitor, <clears throat> and second time we went for the video one. And I was like, didn't want the video one because um, I just thought oh, it's too much. Like, what are we doing with that thing? And actually, it was great. I don't know if he had it, but it was like really useful for getting away from the kids more than you would maybe than you, than you might typically. Like you'd be able to check in on them. And it's also good for entertaining yourself endlessly with like when you want to speak to them and see their reaction and stuff that like when you're lying to them about, oh, I'm going to be up in a minute. And they're like, it's great for teasing them. Um, but I'd recommend that. Okay. <laughs> uh, last and a nappy one. bag. Do, do your research on your nappy bag as well. That was, uh, that was oh, yeah. in our house. We ended up with, uh, with a few of them. And you got to get the right one. We yeah. we got the Tommy Teepee exactly. one and we used it for both boys and it was great. Works a treat. So I definitely recommend that. A bottle warmer. Greatest thing we bought for third child. Didn't have it for oh, first really? and yeah. second. The old uh, awake at three in the morning and heating up the bottle in the microwave and all that and then have to try and cool it back down again before you give it to them. Mm. Just stick it in the bottle warmer. Perfect temperature. Away you go. Back to sleep. Um. The other thing was the temp, the thermometer, the ear thermometer, those things that like everybody has them now, but um, somebody gave us that for the first one. We still have it. Uh, right. Morning. Any advice for teaching a kid to wipe his ass after a dump? He's just turned seven. And I think we should address this. It's got to get messy, right? Justin. Hmm. Again, it's one of those things that you probably need to be an expert at yourself before you start dispensing advice. Whether a seven-year-old should be, uh, should be able to do it. Yeah, I, I, well, <laughs> our older boy does, looks after himself and does a, a spanking fine job on a daily basis. Not necessarily anything I taught him, though. He just kind of does it. Yeah. So I think... They, they do it from looking at other people. And that, like, our four-year-old is sort of in the same boat. The, the difficulty that he... It's not a difficulty, it's, it's a delight. His diet is so good that like everything that comes out of him is like in a perfect shit shape, like sort of the stuff of textbook and it falls straight into the jacks and there's not a scratch to be seen. So he does, <laughs> he does deal with himself, but in my book, there's really nothing to deal with. So it's an open goal for him. Um, but uh, yeah. Is that, is that, is that, 
uh, is that textbook or is that not a sign of like it um needs a bit more roughage in his life <laughs> he needs a bit more <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's his diet is like his diet is unbelievable like right okay incredible and like literally after he goes there wouldn't be a sign like there wouldn't be a, you know what i mean outside of the horrific smell obviously it is one of those many parts of parenting that is going to cause you a lot of stress and anguish and then it'll just suddenly click and you'll have forgot what the problem was, that they will start doing it and you'll forget about the six months where you were getting endlessly angry about it. Like- this child is seven though, isn't it? Isn't this yeah, child yeah, is seven? Yeah, so-, so maybe it's a father, was it a mother or a father that wrote in? Just in the dad. So the dad maybe is a little worried about him going back to school now, maybe once lockdown starts to ease and uh, maybe doesn't want him calling the teacher out to wipe his arse for him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not ideal. Or going around smelling of shite. I don't Not, think this is why my is in school, do they? I, well, so, no, I definitely no. had this conversation with my wife where I, for some reason in my head, thought that if there was an issue that the teacher, and shh, like this is an absolute no, no. Oh, no. So what do kids do then that need to go that don't, aren't well versed yeah, with the arse wiping process? By the time you get to school, you know, you're supposed get to have learned how to wipe your okay, So maybe that is one of the reasons why Justin has contacted us. Yeah, fair enough. You to ensure that, you know. Which is, I wouldn't start from here, Justin, I would have started a couple of years ago, <laughs> to be honest. Well, like, you can just show. The process. Yeah. Yeah, just show, show, them, show them. Yeah. Okay. Leave the bathroom door open. Everybody's happy. Yeah, I mean, like, is, is show them exactly what, what needs to doors? be done. What? No. Monkey see, uh, monkey does. Uh, any recommendations for somewhat guilt-free tablet apps? Uh, the stop-motion one, that's good. The amount of screen time is a bit of a disaster. It's like completely all of my years of good work and now completely undone by the fact that the screen time is like, no, 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 I need it for school. <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, you're in the house all day, every day. It's very hard to keep a limit on it. We've started reinstituting the screen limits this week, started today. So I'd say they were getting an hour and a half, nearly two hours TV time every morning. So this morning I reduced that to 45 minutes. It's going to get out to half an hour tomorrow morning. And then Monday morning it'll rock around and screens will be eliminated again entirely. But... um, we got the Switch, Nintendo Switch for Christmas. So that's his, that's his go-to. Right. He loves it. But again, very hard to take it off once he's played it. Yeah, we're, uh, we delayed on the Switch. One of them got a tablet for Christmas, the eldest lad. And I basically told them if they both saved up both their birthday money, we could buy a Switch in the summer, perhaps. Uh, so, yeah, because I know it's going to be a similar issue, but yeah, screen time has just been an absolute disaster. Again, because they're spending all morning on it for school. It's more the uh, youngest one I'm concerned about because, well, the constant problem we have with the, even the schooling is that she's looking at the two lads, one on the iPad and one on the laptop for four hours for school all day, going apeshit, going, let me at it, let me at it. And we're like, no, it's for educational purposes they're sitting on this. She's like, no, just let me at it. Educational purposes. <laughs> is this language she understands? No, she she doesn't understand at all. So, uh, but you can't yeah. beat yourself up about the amount of screen time you're nah. getting. This is these are unprecedented times, and yes, my kids are watching way too much TV. That's what's that way too much. Out. Well, I'd say on a bad day, they're probably watching four hours of television. Well, that's like. That's what are you going to do? That's I don't scary. even look at TV as screen now. Is the problem? <laughs> yeah. the lads, the lads are. It's, it's everything is uh, TV really. 
<laughs> yeah, well, no, we we don't allow them to watch anything on a tablet anymore. Everything is streamed. Um, there's just I I just hate I don't like that image of a kid curled up on their own in a cor- in the corner of a couch, staring at an iPad or a tablet or something. So if they want to watch a program, whether it's on YouTube Kids or Tussie Games or you know Lego City, whatever it is, it gets streamed um, onto the big screen. But uh, it'll once they get back go back to school, that will all change again. And look. The shit's going to hit the fan next week when he realizes the switch has only been brought brought out of hibernation on a Friday evening, and that the six p.m. curfew on or start on any screen at all has been brought back. in. Again. You know, Monday is going to be a rude awakening. But that's just back, the way it bitches. goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you guys also keep a log of the funny crap your kids say? Asks Gavin Shanley on Twitter. You can get us at DadcastPod on Twitter. You can email dadcast at offtheball.com. Do you keep a log of the funny crap your kids say? I mean, occasionally we would do little bits, but then you can always forget. Like we got a record stuff. We got a little. I uh, got a little poster made up a few years ago where uh, when the young fellow was maybe like just short of two or something like that, of all the stupid little words and expressions that he'd have, and so it goes up on the wall. And that I would highly recommend that because it's a lovely little memento of stuff that we've totally forgotten about since generally. Um, Say where I was. Back. I was answering a tweet there. Say that bit again. Um, we got a poster made up. So oh, like. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go in and you punch in like 20 different words or dates or names or whatever into it. And it's like got birthdays on it, but mainly got, uh, yeah, little silly expressions or words that, you know, the way they make up these words and stuff. And yeah, it's got yeah, that yeah. on it. So like in, it'll still be there. Uh, touch wood in 20 years time, and we'll all be able to have a laugh at it. Very good. Right Anybody right. got anything else they want to get off their chest? No, this has been cathartic, really, this last hour. It's been very therapeutic. We should do. We should do more of them. But I mean, like I appreciate that's an incendiary comment to make. <laughs> Let's get the kids back to school and see how we get on. Uh, Are you looking forward to the kids going back to school, Jer? Lads, you need a schedule for the dad cast as well as you know what. <laughs> I mean, the schedule for dad cast seems to be about as successful as the other schedule. Well, I mean, hey. we, we'd have been done about fifty minutes ago if we were following that pattern. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> fifty minutes, whoa, big man, big man. You know, uh, you're uh, you're um, very very busy uh, life right now, Adrian. So right now, then there's chaos going on in your house, and your wife is looking after things. So. When you now emerge after an hour of dadcast, are you going out with a oh, busy meeting? Important had to be there. Flat out, flat out. Sorry, uh, sorry happily, for leaving you there. Happily, a we did a minder started on uh, Monday, so we're two days into. Um, all right. Like so your, I, your I, productivity I, excuses are all uh, shot. Oh no, they're, they're they're If I'm making bullshit up about that, just because I'm 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 just I'm luxuriating in more. I'm trying to catch up on staring at the wall. Um, but, but like honestly 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 I mean this 100% genuinely like I actually feel as if I can breathe now I know that like it's I just feel as if you can sit back and take a breath and go okay every single minute of the day it doesn't have to be crammed full of something I can just take a minute here um, yeah so that's where we're at Nathan happily actually my wife has been out and she's about to drop off a flat white to me in the next couple of minutes so wow that's the, I sort have, of, that's the sort of life we're leading at the minute. I've lost the ability to do nothing, apart, apart from sitting down in the evening maybe to watch a, a match or watch the golf or something. But during the day, if the house is quiet for 10 minutes because the lads are occupied and you have to sit and think about, well, what will I do next? It's very hard just to sit down and, oh, I might read the Kindle. I haven't read a book during the day in months. 
and then you realize, well, no, because the wash basket is full. You haven't prepared anything for tonight's dinner. Um, the fire still has to be cleared. The bins need to be emptied. Your wardrobe is a mess. It's or the car hasn't been hoovered out for God. Yeah, you're literally long. the world's best husband and dad here. What the fuck? Yeah, I was going to say, Jesus. But that stuff has to Bloody be done. Hell. It has to be done. You can't just sit around on your arse. Well, okay, That's Dave, but you can procrastinate, Dave. Yeah, because I, I, I find um, I find the weekend. I find like Saturday is now quite long. In that, like you, you know, you go for your walk. And then the walk is done. <laughs> like a prisoner. <laughs> and then Michael, do the click and collect. And then it's 11 a.m. When can I do, do the click and collect? <laughs> the, la- the lads are at an age where they're like, nah, we're just going to go and, you know, wander around outside. And, you are you know, off in the football. jacks doing the click and collect? No, I'm actually going to collect. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking click and deliver. Yeah, different, different proposition entirely. Like I can't watch the three o'clock kickoff. I cannot watch West Brom against Burnley. No. But if you've nothing else to do, why not? I know. Yeah, but eventually, eventually, you know, I'd like some sort of excitement in my life. See, my problem is I always feel like there's something else that needs doing, whatever that might be. But sitting there down- is, there is, there is, there is. It's just you need to chisel out yeah. a little bit of like, I'm just going to let my brain turn to a little bit, bit of mush for a few minutes and maybe drool at the end of it, but that's okay. <laughs> but you get, I get that in the evening once the boys are down. Like, okay. You get what, like... What does that consist of? Oh, that would consist of, it depends what day of the week it is. Generally, it'll consist of a bit of dinner, <laughs> a cup of tea, a chocolate biscuit, and a couple of episodes of something or a match during the weekend. Alcohol and... A movie. We're on the whiskey at the weekend, Dave. Late night yeah. WhatsApps into the dadcasts. Yeah. Months and months disappeared. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Dave hits the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know what was what was on. What was I doing Friday night that I was kind of sitting down watching enough TV? Oh, we watched a movie. Oh, by the way, I watched The Gentleman on last Friday night. My God, what a movie. Best movie I've this? seen in months. The Gentleman. Matthew McConaughey. Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant. Um, what's the dude's name? You're Alfred. not sounding it sound great, Dave. Like oh, it's a stellar cast. Is you, this a look- reflection of you having no, like your your life being in a position where you're like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen? Well, I've it's, just it's, switched it's, off completely. It's a. It's not. It's about like it's not a rom com or anything. It's about you know organized crime and drugs and that kind of stuff. But it's oh, it's a phenomenal movie. That's that's if there's one thing that you guys take from this episode, yeah. watch the gentleman. Really, really brilliant. So it goes on for about two and a half hours. So that's why I think there was I felt a bit full with the, the whiskey and or the beer. So I said, go on, we'll have a couple of jammies. But um yeah. And then Saturday but night the, is was and Sunday night was the golf, which was phenomenal. But if you like uh if you like the gentleman, have you watched Zero Zero Zero? No. No. Oh, it's glorious. It is yeah. Yes, uh, it takes a l- it's about six, seven episodes. They're all well, they're all over an hour, I think. Uh, but there's a lot of drugs, a lot of crime, a lot of violence. It is uh, not something you'd be watching when the kids may accidentally walk into the room. We were watching The Wire, and um, our eldest came in just as Frank Sabaka had his body was opened with the slit across his throat, and uh, I was like screaming at like, ah! <laughs> so I uh, like I mean what are you supposed to do though do you do you let her wander in and have be scarred for life no or do you think do you have to just live with the fact that she thinks you're a complete prick again uh, for at least 24 hours so I had to go up and explain to her like look 
we watch stuff not for you and eventually she kind of accepted it but like there was definitely a moment did you not just say listen we were having sex there and uh, (laughs) (laughs) that was awkward when they're teenagers I'm going to do that as often as I can (laughs) (laughs) to be honest just to level with you Uh, yeah, we should do the we should we should determine to do the have a few drinks and then do the podcast thing that we've spoken about forever um, soon. It's, yeah. it's 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 a hard sweet spot to get maybe now because it's more acceptable to start drinking earlier because yeah. the <laughs> alternative is, on. if you get say like on. ten o'clock, there's a good chance I may be half asleep on the couch by then. Thursday evening, Nathan, you can record the last hour of the show or something. I know you never do that. I do I, that. You seem to think we do it every week for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So we're going. Okay. Are we going to do this again? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So just for so listeners know, three and a half. If next week's episode doesn't happen, it was not me that prevented its occurrence. Okay. So we'll try and do it next week. That's our plan. Tell your friends. We'll see you next week. Dave, Adrian, Nathan. Thanks. Dadcast Pod on Twitter and Dadcast at Optimal.com. That was an OTB Podcast Network presentation.